The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to It Came From The Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking in our very first show of 2021. Uh, this week's episode, we're going to have a Bookworm Batson segment, a best, worst, and honorable mention of entertainment in 2020 uh, with myself, uh, The Life with Jenner G's, Jen Elise Feldy, and Pronto Comics, Dominic uh, Definition Man, Sperano. We have another Jay Bird and Lee segment, and I interview. Uh, I conduct an interview with authors of the upcoming book, The Year of the Buttered Cat, and that is going to be with uh, Lexi and her mom, Susan Haas. Uh, but before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the non-news. It's morphin' time! The non-news is brought to you in part by the folks of the big, by the fine folks of the Big Apple Gone, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 25 years of conflictness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. And in theory, uh, they're still they're still going forward with it. They're going to have a convention. The next convention is going to be on May 1st and May 2nd of this year, 2021. And I want to give our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unji Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, and Yasmin and Ray. If you want to have your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com. And just for a dollar a month, you can get a shout-out and be part of our show. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, in addition to getting a shout out, there's other tiers, uh, such as uh, you can get a print of our mascot, Sunburst, uh, by a different artist each month. You can submit a question to the show to be read live on the air, live on tape on the air, that is. Uh, you can get the show um, emailed directly to you early before it gets uh, broadcast, as well as you get to have, uh, you can hang out with uh, very own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Masperado, uh, pandemic permitting. And he will take you to the best bars, as long as you're 21 and over, uh, in Manhattan. And he will also take you to the best comic book stores in uh, Manhattan as well. Plus, if you're a big-time spender and you have tons of money burning a hole in your pocket, you can uh, uh, join on Patreon. And for $15,000, you can get a day with our co-host, Jen Elise Feldy. You also uh, get uh, two prepared and cooked meals along with the recipes by and from her Keys to the Life guidebook. Uh, you also get a personal training workout session for you and a friend at her personal gym in addition to all the other perks, once again, pandemic uh, permitting. So make sure you guys check that out. We would greatly appreciate any support you would give us. And if you like uh, what you hear, let us know. 
you know, send us an email, uh, make a comment on our website. Let us know. We want to hear from you for 2021. We want to hear what's going on. So as I mentioned, there's not going to be any news for 2021 for at least the first episode of this of this year. We will resume our news uh, following a week. So with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with It Came From The Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. New comics are back at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. This January, get ready for the next DC Comics event. Future State! Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 7, Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday from 3 to 7, and Saturday from noon to 5. So if you want the latest Marvel, DC, Image, or Independent Comics, back issues, comic book supplies, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133 for all the details. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. Thank you and stay safe! Now, back to our show. This is Bookworm Batson on It Came From The Radio. Today's comic is Mr. Guy, Zombie Hunter, written by J.L. Draco, published by Onishi Press. This is an anthology, and it, it's act one with four arcs. This is a tale of Mr. Guy, a half-goblin who works odd jobs. He's hired by a farmer to babysit his cows as there is a vermin problem. The fact that he is given a shotgun to get the job done does raise an eye for the reader and to a lesser degree to Mr. Guy. Cue moonlight, cue zombies, cue zombies eating the cows, and the shenanigans ensue. I mean, he kills the zombies and the now zombie cow, but not without getting bit in the arm first. This bite leaves him with the spectacle skull of the zombie that bit him and it's attached to the bisite. So now in order for the floating skull aka Spooky, yes his name is Spooky, and him to part ways, they have to find a cure for zombieism. Now let me just tell you that Spooky has the kind of sarcastic humor that I like and the slightly opposite relationship between him and Mr. Guy Pretty darn entertaining. I mean, in arc one, you get the flashback explaining how Mr. Guy got into zombie hunting as he relays it to a handsome farmer that hires him to take care of his quote-unquote vermin problem. In arc two, after he gets paid for the job, he decides to go to town and celebrate by getting his drink on. Let's just say that the bartender is a zombie and everyone else in the bar is a zombie fight ensues and he defeats them with some fighting skills that he didn't know that he had as they're about to exit the saloon they have a holy crap moment where they see that the entire town is invested with zombies how we didn't notice this when they walked in here i don't know but arc three where they need weapons and Mr. Softies is a hardware store. That's just a place to stock up on chainsaws and axes. After chainsawing, beheading, skull thwacking, and burning zombies, they escape into a lab. Fortuitously, there are notes in this lab that indicate that the doctor there was working on a cure for the retrovirus that causes zombieism. 
Unfortunately for them, his cure just exacerbated the problem and he created a monster much worse than the zombies. And guess what? The monster is still in the building. Arc four, while trying to escape the monster and running for his life, Mr. Guy comes upon a first responder that's locked up in a cell in the building. Now I'm apt to listen to Spooky here because he has a valid point, my friend. When he says, I don't know why you're locked up in here, I'm nodding, me either. As they're looking for a way to get her out and escape the monster, they end up in a sewer and then out again, leaving us with a mysteriously cloaked figure, a sign that says abandon all hope, and Mr. Guy's question, where the heck am I? Me, an avid reader, says, read the sewer cover, my friend, or Dante's Inferno, Dark Wood, Twilight Forest, I mean, Minecraft, anyone? I like this anthology. It was interesting and appealed to me. I liked the verbal snark, the sarcasm, the tongue-in-cheek sense of humor, and the hidden gems in the artwork. That too, I went back and scanned through it. I mean, for example, when he's trying to escape the monster in the sewer in arc three, there's a rat there with some baby turtles, a slice of pizza, and the zombie cure. Too cute. Um, and the name of the saloon in arc two is Don't Come In. Clean or dirty, I love the name. I totally enjoyed this. It hit my humor buttons right on the nose. So I'm going to give this four zombie roars. I thought it was interesting. It was engaging. It was everything that I looked for in my entertainment. So actually, now that I think about it, let me give it four and a half. It was great. I loved it. I recommend it. If you want your book to be reviewed, send it to Bookworm Batson, care of It Came From The Radio, Post Office Box 134, Rosedale, New York, 11422. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to a came from the radio, the officially big Apple con. This is your host, Mark Torres speaking uh, with me via social distancing. I have none other than uh, Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man Serrano. I feel so distanced. And we have uh, from the life of Jenner G's, Jen Elise Feldy. I'm so energized right now. I'm munching. <laughs> so as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're going to be doing our best, worst, and honorable mention of 2020. Now, normally... Well, first of all, I'm, I'm surprised that we're actually so on track because usually we're, we're, we're usually behind schedule on these sort of things. Well, that's the miracle of Zoom. <laughs> yes. But um, <laughs> the rule normally was it had to be a movie that came out in the theaters and that you had to have seen it in 2020. But because 2020 was 2020, yeah, we decided to expand the, the, the horizon to any type of entertainment, which was the best entertainment you've guys seen the worst entertainment you've guys seen, and of course, any honorable mention that you feel oh, we're almost there. So, right. uh, so because we want to end on a positive note, we'll, we'll save the best for the last. So we'll start with the worst entertainment 
of 2020. Uh, Dominic, do you want to go first? I actually, this is the first time I've ever came prepared. I actually wrote out movie and TV. So I've, Ooh, I feel, nice. I know, right? Um, I'd say that the worst TV I saw this year was Amazon's Utopia. I couldn't get past the first episode. I watched the first episode and I was like, yeah, no, I don't need to watch a thing about a pandemic. Wait, Utopia, I, I, give us a, a quick synopsis of what Utopia is. I don't even know what that is. So Utopia was a one season, um, a one season show on Amazon. And it was basically about like a, a strain of flu that becomes a, an, a pandemic throughout the world. And there were clues as to what was going to happen in a comic book. The one, first comic book was called Dicetopia. And then the follow-up that came out was Utopia. And you could find out all the clues as to what was going to happen in the future if you read the comic book correctly. <laughs> and I, I can't say it was badly done or that the story was bad. It was just, for me, I'm like... No, I can't. I just I watched the first episode. I recognized it was good. But in terms of like the quality, I just couldn't I couldn't get into it no matter mm-hmm. what. There was just something about what was the story. wrong with the quality. No, there's nothing wrong in terms of like it was shot. Well, it wasn't, um, you know, good. Effects. Just, a subject, just a subject matter. It was the subject matter. Um, I, I was just like, I can't I couldn't get into it. I just couldn't get into it. I can't say mm-hmm. it was bad. It just for me, I just was like, nope. Uh, too soon too right. soon to watch, now i want to see it i want to see what's wrong with it yeah like i've never i never full out ever say anything is horrible um because i you have really <laughs> well i i remember some shows where you have that's true but <laughs> in this in this terms it's all right i got in you. this term yeah so that was that and then in terms of worst movie um again this i can't say it's worst because i didn't really get to watch a lot of movies this year but the thing that was the lowest on my on my agenda would be Wonder Woman eighty four. Oh, yeah. I'm yep, I'm on the same vein with you. <laughs> so, wow. and, it, and it, it wasn't, and I got to be clear about this. I don't want anyone to think like he's a like, man. Well, now like now it. now you hate women, isn't that how it works? I hate women. I hate women. Oh God! <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that's clearly what what the deal is. Clearly, you know, what what it was essentially is just it was a B. Um, a B plus movie, in my opinion. Now, again, that's not really bad at but all. It's it's out of what you've seen, and yeah. out of what I've seen, like if I had seen more this year, definitely probably wouldn't have hit the worst. And the only reason I say it's you know like it's a B plus because I feel that DC, especially Wonder Woman, would have been really great five years ago, and I felt that way about the first Wonder Woman too. That it was really it would have been like right on par with. Um, marvel to 2010 when that came out okay like it's just they're still playing catch-up they're not innovating anything they're just kind of like getting there now there were some really good things in wonder woman 84 visually even some stuff like where people said there were plot holes or there were things that they left questions but throughout the movie it got answered like in my opinion, like like there oh, some, why is that? There were some plot holes you could fly that invisible plane through. Like eh. you oh, said plot holes, I thought you said buttholes. <laughs> there was there were no buttholes in one one eighty four. I was like, wow, I gotta not, see it. Not one. Right. But like they for me, like anything that they did major wise, they answered later on. Like, okay. Okay. How this happened? Oh, that's how that happened. This happened? Okay, that happened. 
So that wasn't a problem for me. There were some really great visuals in it too. Don't get me wrong. Like I like how they at least explained the invisible plane right then and there. I know they're, I know it's not close to the comics, but like, look, there's an explanation. She, how she has an invisible plane. Fine. I thought like some of the stuff they did with bullet time was amazing. How she caught a bullet with the lasso, how she hit a bullet with her, her armbands, everything like that. So I don't want to say it's bad. It's just, I feel like they're playing catch up there and the story itself. I've, I've described it to some people as it's, it's basically wonder woman meets Bruce almighty. Hmm, yeah. Okay. Like, I feel like the story could have been better. I thought Gal Gadot did, um, a good job as always playing wonder woman i thought Kristen wig was really not that bad as as a, the second villain i thought pedro pascal did a really good job as the villain the acting I, I don't have anything against anyone's acting the visuals i thought were really good it's just the story could have been a little bit tighter a little bit better a little bit more interesting i actually like the fact that she defeats the main villain not by a huge punching him. Yeah, I, I remember you him. mentioned that uh, for Doctor Strange. That was when yeah, he, that's that's yeah. my favorite thing where they don't like, punch the villain. Yes, find a different. How way. does she defeat Something the villain? She talks. She, she talks. <laughs> oh, talking. She, yeah, she, she beats him by she, talking. <laughs> she uses compassion oh. and and some reason. Yeah, oh, basically. Okay, that's yeah. cool. It's like, oh, that's good. So I like that. There were a lot of good things in the movie. And right. I don't want to coming at us or me specifically. Well, you didn't like it because you're now like I liked it. It just right. wasn't. It was your worst least. out of everything you've seen. It was, gotcha. Yeah, I didn't get to see much. This was the least of the best. All right, you fair know. enough. Fair there enough. were there were good things, great visuals. Um, oh, and the other thing I do feel is lacking some of the action sequences of it, which again five years ago six years ago would be like oh that's really cool now it's like oh okay i didn't like her fight choreography too much okay i don't i don't get the way that they had her constantly sliding i don't understand why she was sliding all the time (laughs) do you know what i mean like she's like slides and takes this guy out slides and like she's always sliding that's (laughs) awesome i gotta see this i'm excited now yeah So, so, so now you've basically have recommended two things for jennifer to see because the two worst things she wants to see. Great job. I love job. seeing the worst <laughs> things. <laughs> so it's, it's like Jen. nothing I saw. Like it, even picking Utopia, it's like, well, it's the one show I binge watched. I couldn't binge watch this year. I didn't really get to see much bad stuff because everything right. was so right. Binge watch anything. The the, 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 the was it the we, we're cur- we're grading on a curve. We're grading on a curve as yeah, we it's, always it's, do. As we always yeah, do. Yeah, it's hard to say. Like, it would, would have been easier in a normal year to say, like, nope, this movie was terrible. Right. I, thank God I, I didn't have to pay for it because <laughs> we right. reviewed it, you know? So, Jen, no. what, what, do you, what do you have, Jen? What, what is the worst um, entertainment well, you've seen? More this- bad news for Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot. I'm not sure how to say it. I think she's beautiful. I think she's a stunning person. Um, well, physically, I don't know much about her. Um, it, it's it's more bad news because the Imagine, the leftist sing-along that I think she organized oh, with yes. a bunch of uh, yeah. leftist cucks and uh, innocent victims yeah. that ended up partaking in this and not realizing what it would be. It was probably the most cringeworthy thing I think I've seen this year and maybe mm. last year. Mm. And um, also, aside from... A, a big reason too is, you know, the song Imagine, it sounds like a really happy kumbaya song. However, there might be some Aleister Crowley involvement and, and, and the lyrics are imagine a world with no possession, imagine no possessions sung by a bunch of people who have houses and cars, multiple, 
and they're singing to people while, while many of us in New York are losing jobs and restaurants and homes. Imagine no possessions. No, we don't want to imagine a world with no possessions. And maybe you're, you should not be singing this from your Rolls Royce. So you know? basically, it's once again the context of it, not the fact that under normal circumstances, it wouldn't have been a bad thing. No, no, no. Under normal circumstances, I also would hate it. Um, <laughs> I, I, well, first of all, you know, in the conspiracy theory, we're going to go on the conspiracy horseman podcast. Shout out to conspiracy horseman podcast. Great God, Papa Don. Um, this could fall into the leftist deep state uh, Illuminati uh, stuff like that in any year. All and right. then also the song is just cringy because it's just so cheesy. It's, wow. just, it's just ridiculous. And it's Beatles a fans people, are not happy it, with well, you. Beatles, <laughs> if you look at the history of the Beatles and then brainwashing of systemic brainwashing, there's a lot of that. And then you listen to the lyrics, you know, when I was younger, I thought it was a happy song, but imagine a world with wow. no religion. I'm not very religious, but a lot of people that I have very religious friends, they would not be into them. Imagine a world with no religion. That's a little weird. No heaven. I don't know. I like the idea of heaven. I don't know if it exists. And imagine all the people living for today. I do believe in living in the now moment, but as someone who teaches health, if you, if we all live for today, that sounds like very hedonistic. And if we live for today, well, tomorrow I'm probably going to have a heart attack and I'm going to have some STDs. I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm a lot, I'm a lot more. I don't, I don't know what kind of show you're running here, Mark, but man, that just went a, it, it, it took a it took a hard right. It took a hard right. Station, and I think the Christians <laughs> wouldn't like a world with no religion. So I'm just trying to stick up for them. Okay. One of the okay. stations we are is. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, you know. So my my worst. So, so when did Glenn Beck show up at the, <laughs> to the show? My, <laughs> my my worst. I like Glenn Beck actually. So my worst. Oh, uh, my worst uh, entertainment was a film I actually got to see. I actually did a, a segment on on a previous episode. Um, we had talked about it in the news, uh, Jen, about this movie mm-hmm. called Unbelievable. I have to say mm. it like that because it has five exclamation points. Yeah, unbelievable. Mm. It has a who's who of a, of a science fiction guys in the movie. What do and, you mean, like 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 uh, <laughs> Tim Russ, um, some old school Barbaluna. Um, it had Armin Shimmerman. It had Babalula, Babalula, oh, so boom, like, boom. Now these were actors acting. Yes, actors okay. acting in a in a in a film. Okay, but I wasn't was... sure if it was like a documentary or something. No, 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 actual okay. actual movie, if you can call okay. it that. And they had, <laughs> and one of the characters in the movie was a puppet of William Shatner. Oh, and they Bill? and they went to uh, the moon. Bill? What? You mean Bill? Yes, our friend Bill. Yes, yes, and Bill. and and it was it was shot. It was it was the joke was that it was purposely shot low budget, but the joke wasn't done well, so it looks super super low budget. It didn't it didn't go all the way around to be good. It you know how something is oh. so bad it goes it goes around to be good. It didn't yeah. get that bad. It was just it was just cringe worthy watching this movie. The story was bad. The special effects were the worst. And there was only <laughs> one line in that movie, which I thought was sort of funny. So everything was shot in this guy's house. And it was obviously this guy's house. And they even at the end, they made a joke about that. They filmed the, the entire movie in this guy's house. That wasn't even their house. But there was a part where Tim Russ um, was, uh, was trying to break a door down to get into the secret laboratory or whatever. And one of the characters, Chase Masterson, I believe it was, she had a flashlight and it was supposed to be a laser. 
And she was like, let me get the laser to burn down laser. the thing. So she grabs the flashlight. She turns it on, which is obviously a flashlight. Like there's no two ways about it. And then another actor gets in front of the flashlight and she goes, you're getting in front of the laser. Like, you know, that's the clearly a flashlight. Yeah. So like that was the best (laughs) of that movie. (laughs) That's really funny. It was really it was it was a pain to watch. And it's very rare that I have to do that. But and this was, you know, like it wasn't a. a, a quote unquote, it had, it had Snoop Dogg as, as one of the main villains and, and a horse that could talk. Maybe it was a donkey. I don't remember. That sounds awesome. It was really bad. It was super, super bad. Like we, uh, Jennifer and I had watched uh, the Kickboxing Academy, which would have yes. made the worst, but it didn't come out this year. It was worse than that because it wasn't good. <laughs> oh, this sounds amazing. So that one was uh, unbelievable, unbelievable with five exclamation points. That's uh, <laughs> so yeah. Don't don't. That was the worst. Wait, it has five even... exclamation points in the movie title. Yeah, that's that's okay, how it's. You. Yeah, that's, got <laughs> it's it. Okay, she's googling it now. Yeah, it's all right. Oh yeah, I I'm trying to, to Google it, it myself. And I'm <laughs> having a hard time. Just do a sci-fi um, film, sci-fi movie. It came out this uh, year. There's okay. a trailer for it called Unbelievable, and it has I'm, tons yeah, of. I see it. Yeah, yeah. How much do you think Snoop Dogg got paid to do it? Uh, five pounds of weed. (laughs) Allegedly, allegedly. Um, so let's move (laughs) on to to the to the happy stuff. What was the the best uh entertainment that you've seen? So Dominic, you went first before. So what's the best piece of entertainment uh, you've seen this year, twenty twenty? Oh, the best. Uh, I thought we'd do honorable mention first. Well, we have to do because we're we're uh, halfway through our time, so we're gonna okay, do the best, enough. and we'll see if we can uh, best, get to the honorable mentions. Best thing I, I I saw, which I reviewed, was Wolf Walkers. Um, oh yeah, I just uh, <clears throat> I thought was, and it, you know what's funny? I was eating breakfast a little while ago, maybe a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and News Twelve was they now instead of like what's happening, like what can you stream? And they mentioned Wolf Walkers. I'm like, I've seen that, I've seen it. It's good, um, yeah. and it is. It was it was very enjoyable. I thought it was a really good story. I like the fact it was um, animated you know, film, animated film, but not done like a Disney animated animated film. It was definitely the the animation, as I had said in the review, was really well thought out and done with specifics on making the Irish landscape look one way and the Protestant town looking another way. They did a lot of the research of the art of the time. Um, obviously, it was quite ingrained as it was an Irish film made in Ireland by Irish animators. Um, so it was really, I thought it was beautifully shot. I love that, like, the two heroes were two young girls. Um, you know, it was different. It was, and Sean Bean lives. That's an amazing <laughs> thing. That's another reason it's so good. Sean Bean uh, lives. And, and the voice cast was just fantastic. Uh, so it was, it was a good all-around movie, and I still recommend it for anyone um, like I think of a good friend of mine, he has two daughters. I'm just like, this would be, a, and he would complain to me about how many times he had to watch Mo, Mo, Moana, Moana, <laughs> yeah, Moana, 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 and of course Frozen. Frozen. So, yeah. so it's like, watch this, dude. You know, like, so it, it's something different. It's and it's good, and it's it's a good, different, well done, well crafted, enjoyable thing to watch. If mm-hmm. I'm a, as a 37 year old man can get into it and dig it, I think pretty much young girls can love it and parents will like it and it'll be different. Oh. And also there's no o- overly catchy songs that will <laughs> haunt your dreams and become earworms. So that's Aww. also good. All right. Yeah. So, so Jen, uh, what do you have for the best piece of entertainment you've seen this year? 
I would say every show, and I don't know these people, so um, I have no, this is not nepotism, I have no preference, but every show Chris Stefano and Yanis Papas do together, they do the History Hyenas podcast, and I got to say it makes uh, my 44 to 30 hours a week of cleaning and cooking educational and upbeat, and as soon as I put the show on, my just my house just feels a lot happier, and it's educational. They talk about events in history in a really funny way and I gotta say there's a lot of tragedies that happened this year uh, for me personally and when I put them on I just felt great and I think they're masterful at uh, stand-up and podcasting and they're <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh no sorry I went editor. over the whole year editor oh, I'm god, sorry I'm that excited I'm sorry I'm that excited about them I'm that oh, excited man. Oh, oh, you no. could the way to way to start the new year because this is gonna be and this is gonna air in the Damn. beginning of the year. Great Damn way to it. start. Good job. Wonderful. Oh man, I'm oh, sorry. No. I blame them. I blame them. <sighs> All right. <laughs> so oh, for me, <laughs> for me, that's um, it. Never mind. You're cut <laughs> off. You're done. Yeah. 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 Uh, best movie. Uh, best thing I've seen this year. It was a, a toss-up. That's why the honorable mention was going to come in if we have time. But the best thing I saw this year was a uh, good place, and I and I okay. bring that in because it ended this year. So did it? I know. I know it ended recently. Yeah, it ended this year. It was four uh, four seasons. Um, it was really great comedy. Um, very made you think because it was about philosophy. It was starring Kristen Bell. And I was on NBC and. Um, what 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 made it so good and what made it the best piece of entertainment that I've seen this year was the finale. It was probably the best finale in any TV show I have ever seen in wow. my life. That's hard to do. It was finales fun- are usually terrible. Yes, this was it was they managed to resolve every single character and even minor characters in the series, in the four years. Everybody got a resolution, and, and it all felt satisfying. There wasn't anything like, oh, that was crap. No, it was like, holy crap. He really went out of their way to have each and every single character have an emotional payoff, and seeing it four years, you know, you, you stream it. I, I streamed mm. the, the last season, and it was just, um, I, was, I was blown away by how it made me cry. It was like, wow, it really brought a tear to my eye, how well it was done. And it was about life and death. So that also had an emotional uh, payoff into it. But uh, yeah, so I thought it was a, a great show. Beginning, middle, end, four seasons. It's a comedy with some, with some serious dramatic parts in it. But uh, well done for them. So it's a good place. If you guys can get a chance to see it, it's on Netflix. Go watch Sold. the four, the four uh, seasons. And that finale was, man... And I've seen plenty of finales, but that one that one took the cake. So that's that's my best of uh, 2020 was uh, The Good Place. Sold. So we have, let's see, we have like four minutes. So Perfect. just a quick uh, one minute, each of us, to uh, have our honorable mention. Uh, so Dominic, honorable mention. Uh, well, first I got to say, I forgot to mention that The Mandalorian was the best TV I watched all year. Um, and I think I'm the only one who probably watched it on this show because I know you won't pay for That's Disney right. Plus. Disney Evil. <laughs> um, but the level of craft and fan service that was done this season on The Mandalorian, especially for people like me who watched all of the Star Wars animation, is okay. just absolutely fantastic. And there was a reason why the internet exploded at the um, end, yes. Two, two, about that ending two weeks ago. But the true honorable mention I have would be actually Birds of Prey. 
um, which I, I binge watched on Christmas Day, Wonder Woman and then Birds of Prey. And it's like it's basically um, DC's um, Deadpool. Oh, I it hated that movie. <laughs> Deadpool? <laughs> no, Birds the, of Prey. Birds of Prey. I did not care for it at all. Yeah. Well, you know, because it's foul mouthed and it's gangster stuff. And I know like that's not your deal. But for me, I just thought like it didn't take itself seriously. She does a great job of pulling off that, you know, Harley Quinn. Um, especially in this movie. I think she did better with this than she did in the, um, what was it, Suicide Squad. Okay. And I just laughed and I thought it was funny. And I liked that it was like, no, we're a comic book movie about this and we're not taking it seriously. Whereas obviously Wonder Woman was taking herself, you know, you have to take Wonder Woman seriously as a filmmaker whatever. This one, they were just able to like, no, we're going to be, this is the Joker's girlfriend broken up. We're going to do crazy stuff. All right. So Jen, uh, honorable mention, either best or worst, what's your honorable mention? Uh, honorable mention for almost the best. It's still it's still tough, but Christopher Stefano and Yanis Papas are masterful. Uh, the honorable mention for almost the best would be the cartoon "There Goes the Neighborhood," political satire uh, created by Tony Francis Peck. This guy is a genius. The other creator, well, I think so highly. I probably made two hundred meals or so for the other creator. The the show is, I think. One of the top two cartoons I've ever seen in my entire life. So give us a, uh, just a, a 20 second uh, description of what the show's about and where show can be find a tongue in cheek political satire, not for the faint of heart. If you are one of those people that are canceling people in cancel culture, do not watch. If you are anti cancel culture and open minded, then definitely watch the show. And just there goes the neighborhood on YouTube and on Facebook. I did not get paid for this. I'm just a fan. All I right. also do voices for social sometimes. <laughs> Um, my uh, honorable mention would be the series Dark. Once again, that also ended. I think that ended this year, but um, uh, Dark, Dark, D A R K. Uh, okay. uh, if you love time travel, if you love um, uh, time travel, it was Ultimate Universes. It was complicated, super complicated, intricate storylines. Um, it was a German uh, TV show. It's on Netflix. Um, beginning, middle, end. And the it it was almost a perfect show, except that the resolution, the the finale, I felt was was lacking, because I had just came off the high of the good place. So oh. this one, I was I was sort of disappointed in what the resolution was, but overall the acting was top notch. It was a great story. It was like you had to have like a, a chart board, you know, like those are the boards that you have with the red string that they have on the movies. They had to connect everything. Mm-hmm. trying to piece the whole thing together that was how complicated that was and it all fit it, every single piece fit and i liked that so if uh, you okay. like um science fiction drama time travel alternate universe great acting multiple storylines dark d-a-r-k on netflix so uh yeah that is our time so um with that we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with it came from the radio happy new year The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Bird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about the end of 2020. Yay! It's finally here. 
Yeah, this year went freakishly fast and slow at the same time, I feel like. At least for me, like, in the moment, it was very slow, but then at the end of the day, it was like, wow, that was fast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess that happens sometimes, but this year was, like, so abnormal, right? So Yeah, there were... It was very weird. <laughs> I know. And you were home with me most of that year. Yeah, that's true. Confined <laughs> in the house. <laughs> right? Yeah. So how was it hanging out with the family for the first, I guess, part of the year? You know? For the first part of the year, it was sort of, it was interesting. It was actually nice because I got to see you guys for... For a long time? Yeah, because like we haven't really sat and like hang out as a family as much as... Yeah. Regular school without the pandemic was happening. Right. Usually you would be in sports and music and doing yeah. all this other stuff. Instead, we'd you'd be going everywhere at a <laughs> <every> time. <laughs> right. We'd be out till 8 o'clock at night. You'd be eating McDonald's or Taco Bell's <laughs> for dinner, right? Or something like that. You know, we weren't uh, on a really great schedule. No. Especially last year. There was a lot going on. Last year, there was a. Cre- also with my bat mitzvah. Right. That was a whole other thing. But, yeah. You know, um,. Overall, though, I think, like, it, it was nice for us to all be home, you know, so that was Yeah, it was. Fun. We had a, a good time. We All right, so we know that there was a lot of tr- stuff that went on this year, but what was one of your favorite highlights? Binge-watching Netflix with Riley. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> really? So what was your top shows? Uh, the one that we binge-watched, I think we binge-watched it within a week, Riverdale. It's not that good of a show, in my opinion, but <laughs> we binged it anyway. <laughs> yeah, and how many seasons? You went crazy with that show. That was just, I think that was four, and then we binged, well, I binged the 100. Okay. And I watched seven seasons within, like, a month. Oh my gosh, that's got to be some kind of record. Eh, I don't think so. Oh, boy. That's <laughs> I know people who have uh, binged a season within a day. Okay, well, did you like the 100? Was it better? It was good. The plot was interesting, but it was good. Okay. Would well, you go back and watch more of this? Would you go back and review it? Or, I mean, not review it. Go back and watch it again? No. Okay. All Too right. long. <laughs> All right. Is, this, is it over? Is, it, is there no more 100? Like, is there another season coming? Nope. There's nothing left on that one. So you did the complete series? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Um, so also, what else? So, all right. So the 100 and regrettably Riverdale were your kind of yeah. shows of the <laughs> season. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I would say like, I I don't even know what I watched this year, but it was just so many things, you know? Um, I think everyone sort of went on a Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus binge. Yeah, I guess Tiger King was like the big thing in the beginning of the year, and then I'm now back into Mandalorian, so that's like the new thing for me and, and Riley, so we've been watching a lot of that. I'm watching a How to Get Away with Murder show. Oh, alright. <laughs> and how's that going? It's pretty good. All right, all right. Well, would you recommend it? Um, I don't know. I haven't finished the seasons yet. Mm-hmm. So, so far, it's all right. It has, like, I realize there's a pattern within these shows. Like, each season, something happens, and then the whole entire season, they're trying to figure out what it is. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on. But anyway, you know, this is our first full year. Uh, well, actually, our first... I don't know, episodic series of our podcast would yeah. come to a close. <laughs> you know, uh, do you feel good about it? Yeah. You're looking forward to 2021? 
Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. You know, we'd definitely like to thank It Came From The Radio and Mark Torres for putting us on. We're really excited about uh, next year and see how that goes. I think we're going to try video. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to try video next year. Yeah, all right, because I'm starting (laughs) to set it up. Yeah. All right, so cool. So eventually look out for us on video. Mm -hmm. And um, thanks, guys. Hopefully 2021 will be better than 2020. Yep. (laughs) And we will speak to you guys soon. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Hi, this is Amy Jo Johnson, writer-director from the film The Space Between, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to It Came From The Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. Um, for, once again, I have a uh, special guest for our show. Super cool people. There's two of them. We have um, authors, Lexi and Susan Haas. Say hi, Susan. Hey, how are you? And Lexi's saying hi, too. So um, I, I think we're just going to get right to it. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, a little about the situation that made the book, and what is your book about? Sure, sure. Um, so um, I'm Lexi's mom, and Lexi, as you might be able to tell, just, um, just can't actually really talk very well. Um, Lexi has a very severe physical condition that was caused by her newborn jaundice, and it's called kernicterus. It's a big mouthful, but it's basically um, – brain damage from newborn jaundice and um it affects motor centers sometimes hearing um but it doesn't affect intelligence so lexi actually has a documented iq of 160 and she's she's brilliant and delightful and just a really super fun human being um and um when she was about Oh, seven or eight. She was homeschooled, by the way, um, because we could not find here in North Carolina a situation where we would be able to um, get her intellectual needs met, met in the public school situation. So we um, homeschooled her. And as part of that, um, she was reading by the time she was 10 months old and um, enjoyed books of all sorts. So we started just writing down sport stories of things that happened to her in her life. And then maybe when she was about 10 or 11, my husband was really pushing us to put this into a book. So we started with basically the backstory, which is called The Year of the Buttered Cat. And it was a story about the year that Lexi discovered um, that what happened to her um, to leave her with a disability and um, also about the gifts that she would have that would sort of um, compensate for that going forward. And we um, went through, tried to sell it, got a lot of feedback that, well, this story is great, but you're never going to sell this because the protagonist is like five or six in this and um, young readers want to read about an older protagonist. So at the time she was in the middle, she was getting ready to undergo her second brain surgery um, to help her communicate. And we decided to incorporate that into the front story. So it turned into a dual timeline story called The Year of the Buttered Cat. It's Lexi counting down the hours to her second brain surgery and then flip-flopping with um, chapters about the year of the buttered cat, that year that she discovered what happened. So um, uh, one thing that's important to note is that it's the mostly true story because there's certain things that uh, that I can't believe actually happened as as there actually was the buttered cat. Absolutely. And exactly. then it was embellished 
So you kind of made your own movie because that's what would happen if you wrote a book and then somebody bought it and then you put it on TV. It'd be the the dramatization of the actual story. But you already cut out the middleman. Was that the the intention? Yeah, you know, as you as you, you put together a story, so now we had to we mushed up timelines. We started with a bunch of these little vignettes, which were the um, different stories that she had written as, um, you know, part of her school curriculum. And um, we pushed together the timeline. So we made it into that one year of the buttered cat. And when you push together timelines, you know, you have to invent some scenes and do some things, a little bit of shenanigans just to make it all hang together better. But it's basically the story of what happened to her. So, um, yeah, it's it's we have to call it the mostly true story. I don't want to get, a, a, you know, our publisher asked if we could call it a memoir. And I'm like, you know, I don't I don't want to go into that territory because there's things in here that aren't true. But, yeah, it's mostly true. And how did you decide what parts are you going to like? All right. This is exactly how it's going to be 100 percent or I'm going to change it just a little bit to make it more entertaining like, what was that line that you decided to do? And how much was it um, Lexi's and how much was it yours? So the whole process was Lexi and I working together and we made these decisions jointly. Um, there were other scenes that we had in there and that she said, no, let's leave that out. Um, and I had to respect that. Um, there were times where, um, you know, when we had it, put it down on paper and it's just like, you know, this just is, this just, reads a little flat. We need to help move this story forward. So it kind of happened organically. I can't say there was any single decisions. There was not any specific line. It just happened um, as we put the story together, if that makes sense. It does, actually. So, Susan, when you were Lexi's age, did you ever think you were going to become an author or a co-author, technically? (laughs) Um, you know, I used to love to write short stories and poetry when I was Lexi's age. Um, as an adult, I did, uh, I got into writing. I'm, you know, actually by trade, I've been a medical writer for most of my life, but that's a very, very different genre. So um, I can't say that I thought much about writing books, but I think Lexi has from the earliest days, would you say? Yeah, she's sticking her tongue out now, which of course you can't see on radio, but stick your tongue out means yes. <laughs> yes, correct. If you read the book, which everybody should, it's a pretty, it's a pretty darn good book. Okay. So let's see. So you decided that you, you're going to share the story and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough story sometimes. It is. It's a tough story. It um, took a little while to sell it for that reason. You know, it's just not your typical, everything's rosy and comes out amazing all the time. <laughs> But how important is it to make sure that people know about this? Because this is, it's not just an entertaining story. It's a true, it's a mostly true story, which has a, a message. It's really important that people know about this. Yeah. So when, well, so when you decided to do it, yeah. How did that come to, so, to play? So um, I wanted to get the story about out about what happened to Lexi, because this was a preventable condition. Um, newborn jaundice is very common in babies in America, like um, about 70% of babies have some, um, most of the time it's benign, but if it gets high enough, it actually goes, um, it filters through the uh, blood brain barrier and damages this motor center, the globus pallidus of the brain. So, um, uh, you can be left with from anything from mild to very, very severe deficits in motor function, but it never damages the 
intelligence of these kids. So they're left with what a lot of doctors call almost like an, a locked in syndrome. Um, you know, yeah, it doesn't happen that often, but the outcome is severe enough that I feel like we need to let people know that this is a possibility. You need to be monitoring your baby's newborn jaundice. Yes. The doctor needs to be. Cause um, I have a friend and she has a newborn, a new uh, triplets. And wow. she was, you know, they were born prematurely and she was all over that. Like it was just make sure everything was just anyway. And then, you know, it's so weird that at that age, anything can happen. So you got to make sure that, that people are aware of everything. Cause there's certain things that you might not even consider, which you should. And I think that this book is an important process of that. That way newborn uh, moms should be reading this as well as the young adults. So it's not just for, for young adults. I think it's for people who are expecting or people who, um, who are around young children. Yeah, it's meant to be a, a crossover story and not just a cautionary tale though. You know, it's a medical mystery. And um, Lexi, and I had, she had actually prepared this as final thoughts, but Lexi has a little bit of a different um, reason why she wanted to get this out. So maybe I should just go ahead and read that out now instead of for the final thoughts. What do you think? Um, sure. If, if that's what you guys want. Yeah, let's, let's we'll have a, a pre-final thought. So yeah, Lexi, so, what, is, what is your pre-final thought? So just to, to let listeners know, you know, of course, since Lexi can't really talk, she has got to spell things out and it's pretty um, painstaking. It, we had, So Mark sent us a couple of questions ahead of time and um, we were able to sit down and work with her and um, um, so I have those statements here and I will read them for her. But so what she had said was mom and I have different goals for the year of the buttered cat. Mom wants to get a story of what happened to me out to the public to help other families avoid a similar fate. I want that too. But even more, I want people to begin to understand what it's like having a severe disability. It's so misunderstood. There's too much pity and people often wrongly assume we hate our lives or who we are. People think we envy others to the point of wishing we could be them. For me and plenty of my friends with disabilities, that isn't the case at all. We like who we are. People watch birds fly and think it would be cool to fly, but it doesn't mean they want to swap places with a pigeon. <laughs> so that's Lexi's take on it. So two different points of view from two different authors, right? So since, since, since we are uh, talking to Lexi, um, I guess I will have the, the other question that I had um, planned. So Lexi, what did you think when you actually read the book after it was finished? Like, you know, you, you see the whole thing, you, 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 you thought of it, you worked together, but having talked to other people, like just seeing something so amazing just created in front of you, what did you think of that? So Lexi's response to this question was, um, mom and I worked together to write The Year of the Buttered Cat. So there weren't any spoilers, but it's very different reading something cover to cover than in pieces. I guess what I felt was catharsis. I was, it was so emotional reading the whole story, especially the chapter where I learned what happened to me. We've told this part loads of times, but in the context of the story, it felt very different. I cry every time I hear that part. I'm also really proud to be a part of telling my own story. And you should be because it's, it's great how you're still able to process all the stuff and then to be able to communicate it and having your mom help you. That's an awesome, awesome thing. I cannot congratulate you uh, enough for that. She's saying thank you. I know it's a little hard to hear probably from where you're at. Actually, I can hear it. I don't know if the listeners can hear it, but I have, I have my headphones on so I can really okay. hear everything. Um, 
Social media time. Where can people find this book? Um, when is it going to be out? Um, I know it's it's not available yet as of when people listen to this, but you have a, a Kickstarter or Indiegogo product. Indiegogo, yeah. Indiegogo, so, okay. So we have, um, the it's available for pre-sale. Um, and I, I would, I think the easiest place for people to go to is Lexi's website, which is Lexi Haas and it's H as in hamburger, A as in apple, A as in apple, S as in Saturday dot org lexihaas.org um and we will have links there to penelope editions who is the publisher they will have it they have it up on their um website also we'll have the link to the indiegogo campaign that starts um january 4th or 5th and runs till mid-february and that one is really important because it will raise money for research for kernicterus um, for prevention and treatments and what about if people want to get in contact with Lexi? I know she has her own Facebook page and people can actually, uh, and your, your husband actually does read all the messages, right? Yes, yes, he reads them to her. And um, so you can contact her via Facebook. Um, Lexi, is, she's just a, it's a fan page, Lexi. Um, she's also on, I'm sorry, I'm, I should have pulled all this up in, ahead of time. But I'm not, That's okay. I am terrible with social media and thank goodness well, for my husband because he's the person who keeps it all going well the web the website and the and the, and the facebook that's that's like good places to start absolutely okay um susan if they make the movie who do you want to play you and who do you want to oh, play? oh wow <laughs> that is such a great question who do i want to play me um hmm <laughs> okay let's get somebody really youthful and pretty just to make things because i have a face for radio let's get, Re let's get reese witherspoon <laughs> husband has long said tom hanks was playing him <laughs> lexi i don't know you know it's really controversial and uh, you know you um people with disabilities are need to play themselves or or need to be Parts for people with disabilities need to be played with people with disabilities rather than just getting someone pretending to be disabled. So there aren't that many um, well-known actresses out there with um, Lexi's type of cerebral palsy. To, to be controversial, because why not? I say yeah. it's, part, it's acting. Like part of it is to pretend to be someone that you're not. That's the whole point. I get that. So, yeah. I, I don't want to dive into that fray. <laughs> yes, yes. You let's know, let's let's keep it light. Let's keep it light. Absolutely. On on the same subject of keeping it light, I did have a question for for Lexi as to what would your superhero or supervillain name be? Because in the book, you do have talk about powers and your gifts. So, what is uh, your name? Would would you have? Okay, this one really took me by surprise. I worked with her on, in this, and her sister Hannah also did. And so here's what Lexi. This this totally shocked me. Here, she said, "I've actually been thinking about this for a long time." My superhero name would be Solar Flare. Is my favorite space weather event? <laughs> Solar flares can disrupt radio and radar communication. But as a superhero, I would be able to hijack those communications using electromagnetic energy. It's kind of ironic, though, because my DBS implants can be disrupted by strong electromagnetic fields. It probably wouldn't end well for me if I was generating them. Like, what did you learn about solar flares? <laughs> So there you go. <laughs> Hijacking communication with radio up with uh, electromagnetic energy. So um, I have time for one more question. So um, on, the, on the same lines of surprise, 
Was there anything in the book or in the stories that you were surprised, Susan, that your daughter knows and that you're like, holy crap, how did, how does she know this? How did, how did, how did this happen? Like, is there any part that you can think of that was like the most surprising? Um, that as it happened or as we were writing it? As you were writing it, because I mean, obviously when you're learning things that she's telling you like, to put it down on words, you're reading her thoughts and you're writing her thoughts. So how does that? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so you know, we were so um, in sync with all of this. Nothing came as a huge surprise. Every part of Lexi's life has been a huge surprise, though. So a lot of the surprises happened when we wrote those things down later, like trying to figuring out that she was reading when she was 10 months old. Um, you know, it was a shocker when, you know, that's um, it's sort of like the other inconvenient truth when you have a child who is going to be so physically disabled and so mentally gifted. Um, but there were, I can't say there were any huge surprises along the way, um, except for how emotional it was for both of us. You know, we've told the story, um, like Lexi says, so many times, and it took me a bunch of tries to write that reveal section and to get the tone right, because I just wanted to gloss over it. It, it was pretty, it was pretty horrific for both of us. All right, so we are at our end of the interview. Um, final thoughts. So we've already had Lexi's uh, final thoughts. So what about your final thoughts, Susan? Well, please, please um, go to the Indiegogo and support uh, the Year of the Buttered Cat um, with a presale. Um, we really want to get this condition um, to be something of the past, something that no other family has to go through. And of course, to support persons with disabilities. So, um, you know, that's my final thought on that. So my final thought is this. Um, thank you so much for, for the interview. You guys were amazing. And the book was amazing. And I, and I really like the fact that the book was a balance of drama and inspiration and information and comedy. So you, you guys didn't lean too heavily on one way or the other. And I think you did a really good, perfectly balanced job of that. So, so thank you so much. Make sure you guys check out the book. Um, and Happy New Year because we're, we're uh, starting the new year fresh. So hopefully 2021 for you guys will be as the best year ever. Um, so guys, make sure you guys check out the book. Thank you so much once again. And we'll be right back with It Came From The Radio. Hi, this is Sherilyn Fenn, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our website, www.itcamefromtheradio.com. Listen to archives we up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as btdradio.com, goodtalkradio.com, or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast. <laughs>